0: Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team at Tech Advisor. I am your host Dom Preston. Joined this week by Lewis Painter and Chris Martin. How are you guys doing? Hello. Suffering through this perpetual English heatwave? <laughs> <It is. laughs> when will it end? That's my. That's the only question I've got. Please stop this. It's not a joke anymore. It is very very warm at the moment. Not as bad as uh, as last month, but still, I'm I'm toasty. No. I, have, I have a fan just off camera blasting oh, yes. quite near max and i'm ready to turn it up <laughs> if i need to <laughs> the only good
1: that can come of this is uh, is a nice thunderstorm that's that's the only good
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> we can only
2: hope at this point
0: well we have had a busy week in the smartphone world or more accurately a busy 24 hours because genuinely over the space of 24 hours we have had four foldable phones get announced and that is what we are going to be talking about today uh, first of all, Samsung revealed the Galaxy Z Flip 3 and Z Flip 4, and Z Fold, sorry, start that again. <laughs> the Z Fold 4 and Z Flip 4. Those are the phones they announced, not last year's ones. There we go. Uh, then, today in China, Motorola followed up with the Razer 2022, its clamshell kind of rival to the flip. And a few hours later, Xiaomi unveiled the Mix Fold 2, its book star rival to the Fold. So we've got two big global releases from Samsung, two China only releases from big rivals there, though at least the Motorola we think will be getting a global launch. Uh, Both Samsung and Motorola announced some other stuff alongside their phones, we may touch touch on that briefly, Motorola had sort of other non-foldable phones, but we are going to focus mostly on the foldables this week. Um, and just to say, I'm sorry, we didn't have an episode last week, we had some scheduling problems and all went a bit wrong. So we didn't talk about the OnePlus 10T launch. Um, Henry was there at the launch and he's tested the phone. You may notice Henry is not here. Uh, he wasn't able to join what? us this week either. So I think probably next week we'll be talking OnePlus 10T and you'll get a slightly late review on that. But we thought with so much foldable stuff this time, we just wanted to double down on all of that. Okay, before we get to all the folding things, let's run through some other little bits and pieces of news that we've had from the last seven days. Um, I've got a brace of news about Oppo and OnePlus stuff, so let's get through all that BBK news together. Uh, First up, (laughs) Oppo unveiled the Watch 3 and Watch 3 Pro in China. They are both powered by the Snapdragon W5 Gen 1, which is Qualcomm's very new chipset. We kind of knew that bit already because when Qualcomm announced the W5, they also announced that it would be making its debut in the Watch 3. So that bit's not a big surprise. Uh, there are just another pair of kind of, you know, rectangular Apple watch uh smartwatches from Oppo. Both got multi-day battery. And the kind of the appeal of the Pro is that it's a bit bigger. It has, in turn, bigger battery and things like that. But it also has the first LTPO display on a smartwatch so far. So that's the hook of the watch three pro. Um, How much that will matter is not clear. Generally, the benefits of LTPO is just battery life. So it's another thing that ticks into the fact that they're saying the watch three pro will have a bigger battery. I think they're saying four or five days. Um, But, you know, we'll have to put that through its paces when we get the chance. Um, They probably won't be selling that in Germany, though, because Oppo and OnePlus have both had to stop selling their phones in Germany uh, over a patent dispute with Nokia. And because Nokia is always confusing, this is the telecoms company Nokia, as opposed to the (laughs) phones Nokia owned by HMD. So it's not the people currently making phones, it's the people currently making telecoms infrastructure. Uh, and yeah, basically, apparently Oppo and OnePlus in, infringed some patents held by Nokia. Um, in, in a statement from them, actually, Oppo basically complained about an unreasonably high fee from Nokia over these patents to do with networking. Uh, but anyway, the long and short of it is right now, all Oppo and OnePlus phones have been withdrawn from sale in Germany. So far, it's only Germany. I'm, I'm a little curious where this is going to go because the thing with EU, the EU and EU patent stuff and legal stuff is that It's pretty easy sometimes for something that applies in one country to spiral out to the rest of the block. So I do wonder if this could become a bigger problem. Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just Germany and hopefully one way or another it gets resolved and Germans get to buy OnePlus phones again. Um, But yeah, for for, (laughs) for the moment, no. Uh, And then finally, back onto OnePlus. Um, We're not going to talk properly about the 10T because that was last week's news. Um, But since then, OnePlus in China announced the OnePlus Ace Pro, which is the 10T. So that's just the Chinese branding for the 10T. This is after they had the a- OnePlus Ace, which was the Chinese branding for the 10R, which is only available in India as the 10R. So they're clearly drawing more of a line now between their Chinese market and the rest of the world in a way they never used to, but it's getting a bit interesting there. Hmm. The other thing is they kind of quietly dropped another phone on AliExpress. Um, genuinely, it was AliExpress that advertised itself as having the world debut of the Nord Nord, n20 se uh this is a pretty budget phone as you might guess from that name the n20s budget the se is kind of a cheaper version of that um it's got a mediatek helio g35 chip 6.5 inch 60 hertz lcd display that probably gives you an idea of where in the market this is not really sure which countries it's officially launching in if any outside of (laughs) just being on aliexpress But if you really want a cheap OnePlus and none of the ones on the market right now do it for you, then, you know, go and check that out. It does exist. A uh, bit of an odd one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going for that anytime soon. No, it does. <laughs> I mean, at a glance, it looks like a fairly generic, cheap OnePlus phone. It has that look of, I bet this was an Oppo phone and they've put a OnePlus logo on the yes. back. I haven't, you know, done that spec comparison to figure out which Oppo it might be that has the exact same spec sheet like. Kind of suspect there will be one out there. So I, I don't think this should excite anyone too much. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Two, two bits of slightly odd news. Um, first up, LG has dropped a new tablet. So they left the mobile industry in the sense of making phones. They're not doing phones anymore. And that doesn't seem to be changing, but they have unveiled the LG Ultra Tab. Uh, it's only out in South Korea right now. And it's also a kind of budgety option. It's got a 10 inch display, but it's LCD. Powered by Snapdragon 680, so not a super powerful chip, uh, but it does run Android 12. It looks like it's a pretty generic stock Android experience. Um, I don't think this is going to go anywhere else. I think this is LG recognizing that they still have enough brand cache in, in Korea that they can put out this sort of tablet thing that sits in their ecosystem and that might work for them in yeah. Korea, but probably not enough for them to bother doing it anywhere else. And final bit of news, very curious to see where this one goes. It was reported by Bloomberg that the Indian government is considering a ban on the sale of Chinese phones that cost below 12,000 rupees, which is about $150. Uh, And this is basically a reflection of this. There's a lot of ongoing political tension between China and India at the moment. And they've seen, they had previously had some big Indian local manufacturers that were doing well in that kind of cheap end of the phone market. They've now almost all been pushed out by Xiaomi and by Realme and by a company called Transion, which I've never heard of, but is apparently big in the budget Indian yeah. market uh, and is Chinese. <clears throat> so this is, if this happens, this is a very pointed attempt to just shunt some Chinese companies out of that into the market <laughs> and basically allow Indian companies the chance to, you know, regain market share and, and develop some success that they've been been denied by the more competitive Chinese options. Um, I don't know if this will actually happen. And everything we've seen is just saying about this cheap end of the market. There's no suggestion they're going to fully ban all Chinese phones or anything like that. Um, But it is an interesting sign of those kind of increasing tensions between China and India and the way that is playing out in the tech space in a big way, because I know it is a point of tension that so much of the Indian phone market is now dominated by Chinese OEMs and people are not entirely happy about that. Cool. Well, let's turn to the the our big hot foldable summer um and we'll film? get started with <laughs> we'll get started with samsung because they were the first to announce so samsung held its galaxy unpacked event this week they announced the galaxy z flip 4 and z fold 4 along with the galaxy watch 5 watch 5 pro and galaxy buds 2 pro um, We'll get on to the I'll just go through the other bits in brief. We, let's not dwell on them too much. Buds 2 Pro are not massively exciting. They are a follow-up to the Buds 2 and the Buds Pro. The big hook is that they add 24-bit audio to support. Um, I've seen that sparked a lot of debate online about whether there's actual any value to the consumer in 24-bit audio. <laughs> um, it's certainly limited in terms of where you can find audio sources that support it in terms of streaming companies, but there's also a lot of debate about, well, does that even matter at like end listening experience because it's arguably completely inaudible, but anyway, 24 bit audio support. There's also some 360 audio support. Um, nothing else really remarkable about the headphones, but it's another pair of sort of high end buds that hopefully sound good. Haven't had a chance to listen to them yet.
2: Um, I think there's one there's one feature about them that re- I really like that I haven't seen anywhere before. I don't know maybe correctly if you've seen them on something else. But um, the ability for them to shift to conversation mode when yep. you start talking. So turn off ANC and transparency. They nicked mode. that from Sony.
1: I thought yeah, Sony that's, ba- that. that's basically ah. speak to chat. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, that's, right. yeah. So, yeah, they, they do do that. Sony do it. I don't know if anyone else does. I've certainly used it on Sony headphones. Um, but, yeah, Samsung, is, Samsung calls it intelligent ANC. Uh, but it is exactly the same Mm. thing. So yeah, if it detects you talking, then it will switch to ambient mode so that you can hold a conversation. Um, one interesting thing actually, to be fair about when I was talking to Samsung about how they handle that, I don't know if this is different to Sony or not, but they were saying that it's a listening for your voice to detect that you're talking and kind of mute when it, it recognizes your voice, but B it's actually using the kind of movement based sensors to try and tell when your jaw is moving as well. So that's one of the other cues it has that you're in a conversation. Um, So if if and when we get them to review, I'm really curious to like play a recording of my voice and see if it can tell that my jaw (laughs) isn't moving. So I'm not actually talking and, you know, whether it can tell the difference or not. But apparently that is part of how they're detecting it, which I I quite like. But again, for all I know, Sony does that as well. I don't think they've ever detailed exactly how they detect, uh, detect your chatting in theirs. Um, Lewis, do you want to run play their cards close yeah. to their chest. Do you want to run quickly through the <laughs> Galaxy Watch 5 stuff, just the kind of 30-second speed yeah. of what's going on there? There is a video on yeah, the channel sure. if you want to go check that out on our YouTube. Lewis has run through the 5 and the 5 Pro, but give us the summation. Cool. So um, the big thing is that there's not a lot that's <laughs> new. Um,
2: <laughs> so for the Galaxy Watch 5, the standard watch it is very similar to the Watch 4. Uh, same casing, same design, same straps. Two colors, but same mm. overall look. Um, so, most of the improvements are to durability and battery life, so it's got a sapphire crystal display uh, that's 60% stronger than the Watch 4, and the battery is 13% bigger, uh, which is fine. Um, and then to to couple that, they've got um, fast charging, so 8 minutes of charge gets you 8 hours of use, and half an hour will get you 45% of battery, um, which is fine. Uh, if you want something a little bit more exciting, the The Watch Pro is the one to go for. Um this was original. well, this was the classic from the last generation. The classic's out, the pro is in, and so is that rotating bezel. It's gone. Um just it's replaced by a, just a, a rigid sad. Yeah. It's so sad. So sad. They are keeping the watch for classic on sale for a little bit longer, just in <laughs> case you need to get your bezel fixed. I will say that. Um But yes, it's kind of a it's a single casing, 45mm. Um and it's designed for outdoor sport, essentially. It's even more durable. It's got a titanium casing and the sapphire crystal display is ninety percent stronger than the watch four. Uh so yeah, it's got some kind of specific running features like uh, GPS directions, return to home and stuff like that. But essentially, you know, it's it is what it is. It's 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 a high end running I, watch. Yeah, it's a rugged watch Did a pro see that There's this case
1: <laughs> you can put on top of like uh, on on top of the, the watch to yes. protect it even more.
2: Yeah. It's for the pro cases, it's like it's just a rugged
0: kind of uh, silicon touch case, um, just in case you want to protect your titanium. (laughs) (laughs) But they already do one nice thing they do without the bezel is that on the pro, the display is slightly recessed into the body, which is an extra element of protection. It's just sort of not flush. So you'll get you're a bit less likely to catch the displays you're doing stuff. So, yeah. I said
2: this to Samsung the other day at the pre-brief. I was like, oh, is that because it won't catch a display? And they were like, to be honest, it wasn't, but
0: that's a really good good thing to play into it. And they
2: were like, we're going to take that. And I was like, okay. (laughs) That was all I I could guess guess as to
0: why on earth they did that, because it's a really weird decision in every other respect.
2: It's kind of... It's um, it's kind of basically you can run your, your finger around the rim and it feels a lot like the bezel. You got the same shortcuts uh, as when okay, you had the right. bezel. It just it's just not moving. So I think it's just more of a guide for your finger oh, and it, also yeah. It if that goes it. on some
1: billboard somewhere, you need to invoice yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's me. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Galaxy Watch Five is basically more durable, better battery the Pro is really good for running and that's that's really all there is there. There's no radical overhaul here. Um, in a no. way, that is going to be a familiar refrain as we talk about the Samsung stuff because they haven't changed a huge amount in either of the foldables too. Um, both of these yeah. are, but the flip and the fold have had really incremental updates from last year's models and Samsung is really definitely one of those years where it's refining rather than reinventing. I suspect next year we'll see some bigger changes. Um, yeah. Certainly... As everyone will know, I love the flip. And so I went in fully focused on the flip and wanting to pay attention to that. I've also put a video on the channel about the flip, which basically runs through my thoughts on the change that they make, which is, yes, they haven't changed a lot, but I do think they've been really sensible in what they've changed. And the way they have clearly approached the flip, at least, is taking the things that were problems last year, the weak points of last year's phone, and focusing on just fixing those and building those up a little bit. So I think that's smart. I don't think that's quite as true on the fold. So that's a little different. Let's start with the flip, maybe. Um, So I've actually got the flip four here. Uh, I only got it yesterday, (sighs) so I haven't actually had my SIM in it. I haven't really tried it out much other than my time at the pre-brief. So I, I have no deep kind of proper full hands on review or anything like that. But I have it here. I also have my my old flip three you can see they are very similar-looking phones. They wow. have not changed a whole lot about these Such devices. Difference. Uh, basically the same size. There are tiny differences in the sizing, but really they are the same. Um, so in terms of design, what's changed is it's a little more sort of squared off on, on the sides here. Not fully squared in that iphone way, but just a little less curvature than we had before. Um, the cameras stick out a fraction more than they used to. They're a little more pronounced. You might be able to just make out sort of the way the camera lenses jut out slightly from the body. Uh, the finish is a bit more matte, a bit less glossy than last year. Um, and the colors are slightly different. Uh, but otherwise, the broad structure of the design is is pretty similar. They've changed the hinge, which doesn't look too different at first. But when you actually close it, you can see, or sorry, open it nice. so that the hinge closes. Um, it's now much thinner. Um, against the whole body of the phone I can get the other one out to compare but um, you can see there's a lot less hinge like that which is mostly an aesthetic change but it does also mean the crease on the screen is a bit less noticeable it's still there it's definitely still more noticeable than say Oppo managed on the Find N more noticeable than I think Huawei has managed on something so I I still think Samsung has maybe some catch up to do on that getting rid of the crease element But they are working on it It has improved. Um, Basically, the spec changes come down to they threw a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 inside. And spoilers, that chip is in every single one of the phones we're going to talk about today. So that's not a big selling point compared to the other rivals, but that's a big upgrade. Um, It's especially an upgrade because it was coming from the 888 rather than the 888 Plus before. So it's actually a kind of a year and a half worth of chip upgrade compared to last year's model. The big thing with the 8 Plus Gen 1 is it's not just performance improvements, but it's power efficiency, so it's battery life benefits. Mm -hmm. They've also increased the battery size. It's gone from 3,300 milliampere milliampere to 3,700. So those two things combined, I think, should mean much better battery life for this phone compared to the Flip 3. And that was a big weak point last year. Um, Big caveat there, obviously, is, as I said, I only just got this phone. I haven't tested the battery life. I'm not saying this based on on usage and I'll try and report back once (laughs) I've spent more time with the phone, but on paper, it should be better. Samsung have told me people should expect three hours of extra usage time uh, compared to the flip three. And they said they've seen people in kind of, you know, internal testing in normal use of the phone. They've seen it go as long as 36 hours, which is good. And that's not the best battery life in any phone out there. But compared to what it was doing before, where it was barely making it to the end of the day and considering the size of the phone and the constraints they've got, I think that Mm -hmm. is an achievement. My hope is that this will now be reliably a full day of battery. That's basically all I'm looking for from it. If they've managed that, I'll give it a tick. What I found with the Flip 3 was it mostly gave me to the end of the day but I took it on holiday with me last year. And I remember I had one day on on holiday where it died at 7 PM having had a full charge in the morning. And that's, you know, that's holiday. It's heavy usage. I was using the camera all day, that kind of thing, but still that's not really enough for a brand new phone. So that's what I wanted to improve. I'm not expecting two days of battery life. I'm not really expecting to see that 36 hour line that Samsung apparently hit, but if it can do, if I can get to bed and still have 20 or 30% left, I will be very happy.
2: Yeah. I think that's that's most people's kind of line for battery comfort. You know, you want to get it to the end of the day with about that 20, 30 percent because, you know, you've got a little bit of leeway. Exactly. And um, yeah, once you hit that level, anything past that is kind of just nice to have. Enough
0: to get there without battery anxiety kind of clawing its way in. Yeah. Um, The other big change is camera. And I say big change. I think a lot of people probably have looked at the launch and said they didn't change the camera at all. Because if you look on paper, it's still a 10 megapixel selfie camera and then two 12 megapixel rear cameras, one main and one ultra wide. And to be fair, the ultra wide is the exact same, and I think the selfie camera is the exact same as last year. So I don't think there have been any changes to those. Uh, there's still no telephoto or periscope or anything like that. Um, there's no and no jump in megapixel count or anything like that. So if you're looking for a really transformative camera overhaul, you haven't had it. What they have done though is change out the main sensor. The main camera so it's still 12 megapixel but it's a brighter and bigger sensor uh, with bigger pixels the result is improved detail and improved low light performance particularly now i went into the briefing fully expecting i kind of you know knew i was going to make a video and the narrative i had in my head based on the briefing i'd had and before i went to go try the phone for myself i was like well i know they've improved the battery life They've tidied up the design a little bit, but damn, they didn't fix the camera. And that's kind of the thing. They fixed one of the floors, but not the other one. I have to say, having compared the two cameras side by side, they have fixed the camera. At least that main camera is much, much, much better than last year's. You will see it in low light in particular, but even in kind of well lit shots, I was doing side by sides with my flip three and my flip four. Um, and fan, you were getting way more detail, even in a really brightly lit scene that should have been, you know, the kind of the bread and butter of any, any good phone should handle that stuff easily. And actually there was a difference in how the Flip 4 handled it and picked out much more detail. Um, so yeah, it's still the kind of camera that's not going to be, considering it's a grand, you can get much better cameras in other phones yeah. if you spend a grand, but it's a good camera. I think it's definitely a good enough camera in a way that last year's felt like maybe it wasn't quite. Um, And yeah, there's no telephoto. But I'd always say back to that, well, the pixel six doesn't have to have a telephoto, and the iPhone 13 doesn't have a telephoto. So people are clearly okay with spending a lot of money on phones that don't have telephoto lenses. So I wouldn't hold that back against it. I'm not saying the main camera here is as good as the pixel sixes main camera or as good as the iPhone 13s main camera. But I think it's close enough to those that you'll be happy with it and not kind of feel like Mm -hmm. I've got a bad camera in my phone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the that's
2: the level they need to get to because they're never going to attract like people that are interested in photography because, like you say, there are phones that have you know, six, seven, eight cameras yeah. on them that you know they will shoot all different modes and different angles, and that's what they will be interested in. But as long as it's enough to be a versatile kind of point and shoot um, kind of snapper, then you've got that kind I of. I think that's that mark. an
1: understandable difference between a regular phone and a foldable phone. I think people know yeah. that that's still the case that you're you're getting the fold and you're going to miss out on other stuff (laughs) that you would get if you just bought an S22, you know, exactly,
0: or, you know, one of the S22 range. So, yeah, that's my take on the Flip 4. I'm really looking forward to testing it out properly for the week and really going through it, but, you know, they haven't overhauled other stuff. There are no other big changes. There's nothing it does that's radically new that last year's didn't do. They've kind of tied it, you know, added a couple bits of extra functionality to the cover display. Um, but nothing really significant and I think technically the cover display is bigger, but it's 0.0, 0 like 0. 0.1 of an inch bigger, so it, it's fractional, you can't wow. really tell. Um, <sighs> so yeah, it's it, it, they haven't changed a lot of what the Flip 3 did well, but they have improved on what it did badly. Maybe some people will still feel like it hasn't totally solved those problems, and I suspect I'm still going to get to the end of my review and say, well, the weak points of the battery and the camera... They just won't be mm-hmm. as weak as they were last year. <laughs> and that that's, that's got to count for something, right? It does. Um what about the fold for? Lewis, you were paying more attention to the fold for than me uh, at the briefing. Yes, I was. So why don't you sum up what, what you think they've they've done there? Um so
2: after everything we've said about everything else and that samsung's announced it should come as no surprise that it's not that different um
0: (laughs) iteration 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 iteration
2: exactly exactly um so with that being said yeah there aren't any huge changes on offer here but there are kind of some quality of life things that do improve the experience um so it's 3.1 mil shorter and 3 mil wider which doesn't sound like a lot but I think there's enough of a change there to make it just feel a little bit nicer in a hand and not quite as boxy, especially on that in a display. Because I think that's my big issue with the Fold is that it's so boxy compared to some of the others on it the market. It feels
0: very much like they looked at the Find N and said oh, oh yeah. whoops that aspect ratio that's what is we want. better than ours <laughs> and they haven't gone all <laughs> yeah, the way exactly. to the find end it's not the exact same as the find end but it's moved in that direction that's next year um, <laughs> and
2: that's the big change yeah. for next year. it's yeah. also
0: helped them fix the outer display because now the outer display just fills the <clears> body of the phone more and feels yeah, a lot more like a normal nicer. phone display rather than the weird slightly narrower kind of compromised yeah. display. E- you know, and even the three still I know the three was a lot better than the first gen for that, but even the three still felt a little mm-hmm. bit too too narrow on the display outside.
2: Yeah, it's just tall weirdly tall and yeah. narrow. I mean it's still weirdly tall and narrow now, but just a little bit less <laughs> so. Um I mean aside from that the outer display hasn't really changed that much. It's still got the same 6.2 inch display. Um and there is no jump from 60 to 120 hertz, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um yeah, so we've got 60 on the outside, but we've got 120 hertz adaptive on the inner display. And I just wanted that consistency between the two, because that is something that Oppo had on the Find N, and I really like and then that. And we'll turn to it, it later, but nice... Xiaomi's
0: done the same on, on, on the mixed fold too. It's 120 on both. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's gonna, that, that,
2: that might hurt. I think that would have been an easy win for mm. them, um, but they just decided against that probably in a bit to save battery, as all these things are with the foldables. But whether that will hurt them or not in the future is, is yet to be seen. Um, so yeah, obviously the inner display is the big thing, 7.6 inches, 7.6 inches. There we go. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, we're back at that 120 hertz adaptive frame rate from last year. Um, but they, Samsung has improved the hinge, uh, completely redesigned it, so it's no longer a gear hinge. It's some kind of other um, folding <laughs> wizardry that apparently is just as reliable as a gear, um, but it's thinner. So they've had improvements on the hinge system, and they say that they've also improved the glass, the uh, the thin glass that sits on top um and they say that it's protected well not protected they've tested it for two hundred thousand folds
0: yeah i um, should say that's the same is, for the flip as well this improved ultra thin glass and the two hundred thousand rating is, yeah. is apparently the same between them
2: i did some some calculations and that works out to 547 folds a day for a year so i don't think if you're going to use it for if you only get, only get a year's use out of it it's not too bad i mean even two years is what's 250
0: 100 yeah. yeah that's yeah. all right
2: so uh, that's that's better because obviously you've had the, the horror stories about the, the flips and the folds that kind of give up after about a year. So I feel like that might help somewhat to alleviate people's worry. Yeah, I'm
0: still hesitant uh, about it'll... about the durability thing. And it's such a hard thing when reviewing these yeah. stuff. You, you can't really test it. And as I've said, I think on the show before, you know, I've had my flip three for a year, but I've not been using it every day for a year. So I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I haven't really done that year test of, of actual use. Um, but they do say it's tougher. Um, I should say as well, both of them, both foldables have had the upgrade to Gorilla Glass Victus Plus on their outer glass. Yes, on the outer side, um, yes. And they both still have the IPX8 rating that they had last year. Yes, so they do, say. yeah.
2: And they've got Samsung's armor Aluminium co- uh, frame or whatever it is. Yes, uh, armour Aluminium on, on the
0: frame. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to them, I, I've, I've said before but you know, I dropped my Flip 3 bashed it right on the hinge on the aluminum and it held up totally fine There's a dent, but it works perfectly. It didn't affect the actual hinge or the functionality. So, you know, I kind of believe in armor aluminum now having really directly tested yep, it. <laughs> Accidentally tested it. <laughs> if, yeah. I
2: the, if I get the fold four, I'll be sure to slam it
0: into the floor. So the biggest change to the fold four so, is hardware wise is the camera, right?
2: Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. Yeah, um, so we've got uh, so we've got an, an under-display camera just on the um, foldable again. That's back. Uh, Samsung obviously wasn't going to give up after the first try, even though their first try was shocking. Mm-hmm. Second try is better, but it's still not as good yeah. as what you'll get from some of the competition, like ZT and others. You can still see it's there clearly on a white background. It's you can quite still see
0: visible. It's there. So it's, in our briefing, yeah. Samsung would tell us, "Look, it's totally invisible. You can't see it at all." And it's like. I can see that <laughs> it's there it's, it's right, right there, there. I'll, yeah. I can show you if you want <laughs> you if can you're say struggling. what you want yeah I'll point you uh it's, it's right also there. still anyway, only a four yeah, megapixel so yeah. camera so I, I we took a couple yes. and I took a couple photos and I, we didn't have a fold three on hand to compare directly and but it might. I felt like the selfies were a little better than last year's yeah I mean but it was still they're better but four. they're not good quality
2: selfies. Yeah. yeah. And the, I think even a Samsung rep come up to us. Like, oh, Well, you can take selfies on the rear camera by flipping the display to the the camera. So I feel like yeah. even Samsung are aware that this isn't a very good camera.
0: For I think selfies. they're going to message it a lot better this year because cl- the line they were clearly taking was, ah, the, the under display camera is for video calls. And they were very much like, yes, that's what's for. And it, they didn't want to talk about it as a thing to take photos with. They were just very much like, you can take video calls on the big screen with this. Um, which, to be fair, you can't do on a lot of the Rivals. So I I get why they want to... That's the only reason to include it, is to say you can do video calls on a big screen. Yeah, 100%. And not every other book folder will offer that. So it's worth something, but, you know, it's still... It's got drawbacks. What that is is... Yeah. Um, so moving on to the better camera
2: improvements uh, on the rear, we have a, a quite a big upgrade from the 12 meg uh, 12 meg main sensor of last year. We now have a 50 megapixel sensor, which is the same as that as the S22 mm. uh, as far as I could tell. Um, so Samsung says it's can let in 23% more light, which should improve basically everything, but especially night photography. Um, and it's got, <laughs> well, that's all well, that about this. This is the, the, um, the kind of caveat is that it uses, samsung's nightography visual processor have you has anyone heard of that before
0: oh, no i don't know what yeah. that is
2: yeah no i'm i'm not too sure about is that not a so um <laughs> but, no i thought that as well
0: yeah, so, yeah, that, it should like, be better but yeah
2: <laughs> so yeah 23 percent more light with a bigger sensor and their magical processor yeah. that improves nighttime photography obviously you can't test that just yet but i mean thanks <laughs> um so yeah that's got so the ultra wide hasn't changed that's still mm-hmm. the same 12 meg as it was last year um not really much to say there. it's a standard ultra wide lens um uh but what is interesting is a 10 megapixel three times optical lens which is capable of a 30 times uh, space yep. zoom so it's not quite the hundreds time zoom of the s22 ultra but it's kind of not quite halfway house but on the way.
0: that one is also borrowed from the S22. So one way you can kind of look at this camera setup is that fundamentally what they've done is just take the rear camera module from the S22 and S22 Plus and put it in here. The ultra wide isn't quite the same because as Lewis said, it's a Fold3's ultra wide rather than the S22's ultra wide. Mm -hmm. The main and the telephoto were the exact same lenses, sensors, everything as the S22. The ultra wide is so similar, I don't think you'd be able to pull apart a difference really. so no, basically find you're now anyway. getting the S22 slash S22 plus camera in the fold for, which is really Very good. Cool. It's, it's not S22 ultra level, but it's a big step up from no. what, what they were doing last year.
2: Yeah. I mean, considering you're paying so much for the phone, like you do want to get as much as you can from the cameras, especially when companies like Huawei are putting true flagship level cameras in their exactly. foldable. You can't skate by it with 12 meg yeah. snappers. Like it, it just doesn't work. Um, well, staying on the cameras, so they've got improved night, uh, so kind of low-light videography as well, using a VDIS, which is a, vid- a video digital image stabilization um, technique. I haven't heard of VDIS anywhere else, but I imagine it's just the same as EIS. EIS just, yeah, it's just, image just image stabilization. An electronic
0: stabilization <laughs> they've invented a new <laughs> word for. Um...
2: Yeah, so, but apparently it specializes in low-light, so low-light uh, video should look a little bit clearer taken on the phone, and it also can do 8K. Uh, video recording which i think is a well, it was a first when when the fold 4 was announced but i don't know if the me Mi mix uh, me Mi fold oh my the god mix the other fold two. <laughs> uh
0: yes that i one. don't know i mean it probably could i mean because they've all got the eight plus Gen one the, the chip's really the bottleneck for yeah. 8k and they yeah. all have the same chip so they probably all do 8k video you just don't ever want to use it
2: no yeah what's the yeah. point I'm just about using 4K yeah. now. Because I'm like, okay, there's a little bit more detail there. Um, so, yeah, we should probably say it does have the, um, the Snapdragon the eight, um, plus. 8 Plus yep. gen. Yes. Um, and it's got a... Well, actually, this is one thing that's really annoying. It's got the exact same battery as last year. So they've improved a lot of the other aspects, but it's still got the exact same 4,400 hour battery but,
0: as last year, which means... I guess the hope is, you know, you've the got chip the, should... That should still be better battery yeah. life. I, you just don't know how much better from just changing the chip, but that should still be an improvement, yeah. I guess.
2: There should be an improvement, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of wary about how much improvement you get when you're just relying on yeah. a, on better battery before, you know, better battery efficiency. I
0: normally am. The eight, the eight plus, plus Gen One has battery. kind of won me over a bit on this because oh, it, it really? was so good on the Zenfone Nine and really impressed me given oh. the battery size. But, but we'll see. Um, the the big annoyance okay. um, for me year on year in terms of the space and the way they've allocated stuff is there's still no slot for the S Pen Stylus. It's got that S Pen Stylus compatibility again. <laughs> Everyone kind of thought, well, this yeah. year they're going to find a way to fit it into the phone like you do on, on the S22 Ultra. But no, it's still mm-hmm. only like an optional extra. You've got to buy it separately and it kind of you have to get a case that it kind of slots into the, yeah, the case. Yeah, that's just an ugly case it's an ugly as well. Case. So, it's that's still annoying. And I think for people who like that side, I think a lot of people hoped this year they'd find a way to fit it into the phone and, and they haven't made that, that work. Would
2: have been... Yeah, that's annoying.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think software. We've got so to I should probably about... say,
2: yeah, I was about to say soft, yeah. say, software is probably where you'll see the biggest improvements uh, because one of the big things is that it runs Android 12 L. That fabled tablet focused operating system that we've heard about for so long is finally on a phone. Uh, so it comes with yeah, so um, Android 12L with um, Samsung's One UI 4 on top of that. So they've got their own little spice on the proceedings. Um, so I think the biggest thing about the the biggest new feature I'd say is the little PC-like taskbar yep. that they've added at the bottom of the. Um, this is just on the inner display, not the outer display. Uh, but when you use the inner display. Um, You'll have, yeah, just like a PC like taskbar at the bottom. It's auto populated with apps that you use frequently. Um, so you shouldn't have to kind of set it up manually yourself like you do with some of these kind of shortcuts.
0: So you get, well, I'm buttons. sure you can customize um, it if you don't want the auto thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
2: Um, and so, yeah, it's good for just switching apps. You've got a little shortcut on the bottom left hand side, which just shows you all your apps, just kind of like a start menu. Um, it is really kind of PC esque. Yeah. It's quite cool. Um, and you can also drag and drop the icons from the bottom of the screen onto your display to activate the split screen mode Uh, you can do that of up to three apps at once and the taskbar will actually remember that grouping Uh, so next time you want to open those apps you can just tap the icon and all three apps will open back up in the exact same configuration Uh, so for multitasking and stuff like that it's going to be a big thing Um, and that's kind of where they're pushing the fold uh, for it's all about productivity and kind of work and stuff like that i haven't really seen a lot of Partying clips or anything like that. No, you? the
0: only the only other thing I guess they pushed slightly is when they were talking about the aspect ratio. They were highlighting that it's because it's wider. It's now better for watching content on. Yes, that was you'll get yeah. slightly a better letterboxing if you're watching a movie or a TV show. But still, still some a lot yeah. of ne- of <laughs> It's not. Yeah. It's not Netflix <laughs> aspect not... ratio yet. Well, not there is one aspect ratio no, for that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not. It, it but it is closer. So it, it's a bit better suited for TV and filmed than than last gen was yeah um
2: and i think um as just say the one the one big thing that really wins on for the fold um for is the software support for apps and the big screen like i think that's one area samsung has really excelled and that's something they're pushing again this year so that they've, they've got compatibility with netflix and google drive and all the microsoft office apps and just facebook and yeah. instagram and even tiktok's got this unique layout so you can see your tiktok video and the comments at the same time like you don't get that with any other big screen folder board. So I think that is the real draw. And
0: that's what I was going to say. So I think things like the taskbar are that's baked into Android 12 L and uh, again, yeah. you know, slight spoilers for 20 minutes from now, but the mix fold two also runs 12 L and lo and behold, it also has a taskbar on the bottom of the screen. You know, this is no, not, unique. know, <laughs> um, Google did that bit, but Samsung's implementation looks and feels from our brief play with the phone feels very polished, very easy to use. They've clearly worked with other app partners. And again, part of that will be baked into 12L and we'll have to figure out once we've used more phones how much of that is in 12L itself and how much was actually Google Mm -hmm. partnering with these companies and getting devs to support it. But definitely, I think some of it comes from Samsung having its own relationships with third-party devs and and pushing them to to support stuff. So I think you'll get that polish and that smoothness from this that I don't think any of the others will offer for a bit, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. So yeah, flip four is iteration, just devoted to fixing what was bad in the three. Fold four, it's sort of similar. It's iteration. It's focused on again from a hardware perspective. I guess you could say it's the same. It's weaknesses. People didn't like the aspect ratio, so they've changed that. The cameras weren't quite good enough, yeah. so they've overhauled those. So again, it's mm. looking at what was the weak points last year and shoring those up rather than really trying to do anything here that no one's ever done before. There's no revolutionary features. There's no total design overhauls or kind of new design language. It's just sort of saying, all right, we did well last year. Can we do a little bit better, raise the floor, raise the level, and then kind of go from there and and see where it takes us. So they've, um, yeah, I, I think it's maybe a boring year for people following the announcements, but I think a good year for people who maybe were on the fence last year. Kind of saw the flip three and the oh, fold yeah. three and thought, "Ooh, these are almost the level I want to buy them." But they were a bit nervous, couldn't quite take the plunge. I think a few more mm-hmm. of those people will look at these ones and go, oh, "Okay, I get it now. I can go for yeah. that." Hundred um, percent. We've seen a much more radical overhaul from Motorola, who have announced the Moto Razr 2022. Um It has been a while since we had the Razors. We had a Razor and a Razor 5G and i think the 5g was either a year and a half or 2 years ago it's been a big gap since they they put out their last model of this clamshell um we nearly got the razor 2022 last week or the week before <laughs> and then the very last minute the launch got delayed um postponed and and it didn't really become clear why so I did note that the OnePlus Ace Pro launch also got delayed at the last minute from around the same time to around to early this week as well. Oh, interesting. So I, I don't think it was a Motorola-specific problem. There must have been some, no. something going on in China that I have not been following the news enough to be aware of that prompted companies to say, oh, we're not launching a phone today. Um, anyway, we now have the Razer 2022. We also got, just to go through quickly, the Edge 30 Pro. Uh, which I think is the X30 Pro, sorry, it's the X30 Pro, which yes. will probably become the Edge 30 Pro when it launches here. But Motorola's name well, is, is already—I was
2: about to say there already is an it Edge 30. Is, oh, Pro. So they're going to do something in weird, America and
0: other regions. So sorry, it's something else, yeah. I hate Motorola's naming. So there's an X30 Pro. I know they'll call the it worst. something, and I'll call it something different in you Europe will. to what they call it in the US, probably, and it'll be a mess, and we'll all hate it. So there's an X30 Pro. Oh yeah, and an S30 Pro. They're just slab phones. Yeah. Um, Lewis, you again do you want to give the 30 seconds spiel i know you follow the x30 i don't know how much you looked at the s30 as well i uh, didn't really do too much on the s30 um but i can give you
2: the x30 pro uh rundown so we're looking at 6.7 in uh po, PO LED? OLED. OLED? <laughs> oled display uh, 144 hertz refresh rate uh with hdr 10 and a peak brightness of uh, 1250 nits which is fairly standard at this point yep. i think um, I think I'm just going to skip past all the boring stuff. Go for the quite the interesting thing. It's got a 200 meg camera on the yes, back. Yes, right. It's the uh, it's the first to use Samsung's ISOCELL HP1, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a big boy. So yes, yeah, so obviously, nobody really really wants a 200 meg photo. <laughs> as I mean, some, some people might, but most people don't. So it's got some crazy 16 in one pixel bidding tech um, to shrink those pictures right down. And I can only imagine that there's going to be quite a bit of detail for them to play mm-hmm. with there. So I'm really interested to see how that works. Uh, And that's obviously paired with uh, OIS and um, double Super PD autofocus to make sure that you're always getting the the best kind of zoom as quickly as you can. From what I remember is the Um, HP1
0: when it was announced, because this is, as you said, the first phone it's been in. But I think also, I can't remember exactly how it worked, I think part of the way they were talking about the pixel binning at the time Samsung was that it had tricks around binning to different levels depending on the light scenario yes, to try and that, optimize yeah. the low light photos versus bright light photos. It would do different levels of pixel binning.
2: Chameleon cell technology, yeah. apparently. Um, and again, yeah, it gives a choice of 2 by 2 4 by 4 or full pixel yeah. layout uh, or the 16-in-1. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm you know, I'm tempted. Well, I'm really interested to see how this actually works, because as we all know, megapixel count doesn't necessarily mean better quality yeah. overall. But with this pixel binning tech, it, there is something quite interesting there um what's not so interesting is i mean not not interesting but it's just a standard 50 meg 117 degree ultra wide uh, that comes with that and then a 12 meg uh two times telephoto right. lens which yeah. is fine but uh, and then a 60 meg selfie camera on the front which is this fun. is um, the 200 that megapixel might... phone that, you know what is there for yeah. to be so the exactly. motorola
0: got to be the first one to do that um and yeah you know that's out there
2: it's, I mean it is still very performant. Uh, it's got the Snapdragon eight plus Gen one with twelve gigabytes of RAM and a forty five hundred uh, uh forty uh, five hundred milliamp hour battery with one hundred twenty five watt charging, which is nice to see from Motorola. Yeah. I don't think You see a lot of fast charging from Motorola. It's usually capped, kind of. They don't mode. often on their own uh, phones. So see... but
0: obviously, they're they're part of Lenovo, and Lenovo pushes the fast charging on its Legion gaming phone yes. stuff. So I, I hope that's probably a bit of tech sharing there. But yeah. Um, I think there was another uh, fast charging Motorola that only got a Chinese launch, but I can't. Uh, maybe,
2: but yeah, because I'm so used to seeing kind of 30 watts, yeah. Motorola, like you know, nothing, nothing exceptional. Um, so that's fun, and there's also 50 watt wireless as well, but obviously you'll probably need one of their proprietary charging systems thought, to. Exactly, take you. To that. What
0: about the Razor, Chris? You're on top of all things, all things Razor, and you reviewed at least one of the previous Razor. Gens. Um, so you'll have a better sense of what's also changed from, from last time. So what, what's what big in this new razor?
1: Yeah. So I did, I did review the razor five G. Um, and that was, that came out September, 2020. So we're looking like almost two years ago. Um, which is, I guess, partly why the, the jump between that phone and this model is a lot bigger than the Samsung's cause it's been, it's, it's yeah. basically missed out a generation if you like yeah um so it's kind of understandable in that way but yeah motorola has done a lot uh, of, of change here uh so let's start with the design um so the the chin is gone the iconic chin at the bottom <gasps> from obviously that, the original razor phone. it always That's had back to go in it was going yeah, so.
0: to go but sad
1: I just, oh,
2: it makes me so sad. That's the one thing I really was holding on to, but okay. Yeah, so
1: Carry it on. looks, it obviously <laughs> looks nice and, you know, it's nice to reminisce about those old razors, but it was awkward <laughs> using this, using the phone with this big like lump of, um, yeah. you know, of nothing in the way. I'll yeah. concede that. <laughs> um, so that's gone. It means the screen's bigger. That's 6.7 inches now, um, for the internal screen. Uh, the hinge has changed. I don't have loads of details. This was a Chinese-only launch, so, um, so you know it seemed seemingly a bit hard to get some nice English um, details <laughs> on certain things. But but basically, <laughs> it seems that the the hinge can hold the phone open at different angles. Um, not it's not just open fully open or fully closed, yeah. um, which means you can put it down on the desk and you know probably do a video call or you know put the put the phone somewhere and use the cameras um sounds familiar (laughs) um (laughs) the hinge is also better in terms of how it closes up so it's got like an internal radius of 3.3 millimeters so basically like the crease should be you know uh it it does look like it's
0: flusher when yeah. it's closed yeah. and the flip is that's another area samsung hasn't really changed anything this year is how flat the two screens close on each other yeah so um, it should be flat yeah it should be flatter and have less impact on
1: the crease um cuz yeah. comes in black and white um but otherwise it pretty much looks like the same as before the, especially when you're looking at the external display cuz that's still 2.7 inches Mm. Um, so that's uh, from what I can see. That's the exact exact same screen as before.
2: Yeah, I thought they would have l- kind of lent into that a little bit more, considering Samsung's blown up their screen size to be not the same size as that, obviously. But kind I'm, of you get, they're getting into that territory. I'm surprised
0: they haven't made it bigger, only because to me it yeah. looks like it's in an awkward midpoint where yeah. Samsung have clearly consciously yeah. gone for a small display that is not trying to cover the whole of the external yeah. shape, and it's like this is a small screen for notifications and a couple of quick controls. Motorola's fills most of the phone when it's closed, but yeah. not all of it. So we're still in that weird halfway house that the early Z folds were where you could see they were trying yeah. to fill the outside, but they have not quite managed it. And yeah, if this was a little more edge to edge on the outer thing, I think I'd be more into it. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, vocal. 100%. I like the small cover display on the flip and don't love the, I don't want it to be bigger, but if they are going to do it bigger then. I want them to do the whole back of the phone. (laughs) All or nothing. Yeah, it was rumored
1: rumored to be three inches, um, which maybe would, you know, fulfill that brief. But uh, yeah, it's still 2.7. So it's it's really the internal screen that's changed uh, in terms of size, but also um, a few other specs have got better. Um, Mainly the refresh rate, which is 144 hertz, which is obviously better than any other foldable obviously yep. we're talking <laughs> they love their 144 <laughs>
2: hertz refresh rate at the moment didn't they that's what the uh the x30 Pro's got as well. uh, yeah so
1: that's on the on obviously the internal screen um you know ov- obviously it's not going to be a huge difference between the 120 hertz that you're finding everywhere else yeah. but if you're looking to play top trumps <laughs> with your phones then the razor wins yeah. on that. <laughs> um, it's still got the uh, uh, well, the processor is a big jump because the the first two razors were both using mid-range Snapdragon seven series Ooh. chips, um, which was always a bit of a like, oh, this is a shame. Especially because the the razors yeah. were pretty expensive. We'll come to the so we'll come expensive. to the price soon, um, but you know, like the, the Samsung um, and Xiaomi's, it's got the eight plus Gen one cameras are also quite a big jump so the uh, the the previous razer the 5g just had 48 on the outside and 20 on the inside um the razer 2022 has a 50 megapixel main camera with a 13 megapixel uh, ultra wide so that's those two obviously sit next to the outer display and then the the punch hole on the inside is 32 megapixels so those have all all gone up plus an extra camera.
0: I'm really curious how that camera setup does, because definitely, you know, inevitably this phone is going to get compared the flip for pretty yeah. directly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And certainly on megapixel count, every single one of these lenses and sensors is, is higher than what Samsung offers. And I mean, as Lewis has just said, like, megapixel count is not everything. So that doesn't mean these cameras are going <laughs> to be better than Samsung's. Um, though I suspect the 32 meg selfie camera will probably be a jump on what the flip has. Um, yeah. But I'm really curious about that 50 megapixel main camera, how good it turns out to be, what sensor is in there, and how it compares to the flips, because I think that would be a big point of comparison between them if one of them definitely has a, a camera edge. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't have tons of uh,
1: details about, uh, especially the main camera, um, not official details anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, just that it's uh, obviously got pixel binning
0: before. Yeah, all the usual it, stuff the usual. I'm sure so, it's just an IMX 766 stuff. or something, the standard 50 yes, meg that uh, everyone's there's, using. There's, that, a, you know, we'll find there's out. There's so
1: many of them around. Um, yeah, it goes 8 or 12 gigabytes of RAM, uh, 128, 256, or 512 storage, and the the 512 is the one you've got to buy to get the 12 gig of RAM. Yeah. Uh, the battery is bigger than before quite a bit bigger 3500 milliamp hours up from 2800 so that's a decent jump called 28 yeah, it, was, it was mad. way, was way too small um
0: this is now so now this is another point where i'll be interesting to see because it's got the same chip as the flip uh but the flip is 3700 yeah. yeah. and this is 35 so yeah. probably samsung has a little bit of an edge on battery life but yeah. maybe only like half an hour or an hour a day.
2: So we can we can see what two hundred milliamp hours will actually be <laughs> <Yeah. get>, exactly
0: <laughs> when everything else is identical. Uh, and then <laughs> the charging, pretty close
1: on battery yeah, charging's Charging's faster as well at thirty three. But like you're saying, Motorola doesn't particularly offer
0: anything crazy on that yeah. on that front. Um, I don't think I actually mentioned on the flip, though. I should say charging on that is now twenty five watts. Okay, so it does beat that. Isn't bit, the, yeah, the razor on beats the, the twenty five on the flip is only interesting because it was fifteen. On the flip three and again that was very yeah. slow on the flip three so that jump to 25 is is small but but worthwhile there um i think what's really interesting looking at the razor spec sheet is it's very similar to the flip uh it's now <laughs> the same size basically they've got they're both 6.7 inch folding displays so they are give or take the same size i'm not sure i don't think we've got direct yeah. measurements of the of the razor so i'm not sure which is overall kind of thinner or lighter but they're. They're about the same size. They're both now using the flagship 8 Plus Gen 1. They've got the same storage options. They've got similar RAM options. They've got similar size batteries, similar charging speeds. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot to pull these apart. So no, it, it yeah. kind of looks like it might ultimately just shake down to, well, buy the one you prefer the look of or buy the one whose software you prefer. Yeah. Or whichever one's cheaper. S- or, Give the cheap price, one. yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah, for sure on the Razer, but... No, Uh, for the rest of the world, at
1: least. No. So it's coming out next week in China on the 15th. Uh, It's a bit odd because the other Razor's obviously got pretty much just global launches straight away, Um, at least from what I remember. Um, But they have not said anything about uh, launching outside of China, but it is expected to. Um, maybe later. I'd be very gear.
0: surprised if this doesn't yeah. get a global launch and I suspect yeah. it'll be sooner rather than later but we'll see. Um, pricing will be interesting. In China we don't. So we de- the Flip 4 hasn't actually launched in China yet yeah. so we don't have Chinese pricing for it. The Razer is cheaper than the Flip 3 was in China. The one curiosity is that Samsung actually like hiked its Chinese prices for the Flip 3 and Fold 3. If you convert those to like other you know usd or, or euros you actually realize that china's chinese customers are getting a bit ripped off by samsung and they're paying quite a bit more which is not normally the way it goes oh, really? uh, oh, so yeah. i was about to say it's usually the exact opposite so if <laughs> samsung sticks with that same pricing then the Razor will be cheaper in china uh, i don't know if that will force samsung to bring its chinese pricing back in line with what it does elsewhere uh, i would bet anything that when the Razor launches globally it is basically the same price as the flip for you know, yeah. fifty bucks higher or lower, something like that. But uh, that the flip is nine nine nine, same as it was last year for the US. Um, and I, I would guess the razor will fall basically there.
2: My question to you guys is, which would you get? Like, especially thinking about software, because this is my big thing when it comes to the foldables now. Is Samsung's had an extra yep. couple of years to work with developers and get that stuff? Because that is a big thing on, especially on the flip. For is is the fact that you can kind of half open it and apps will shift kind of half of the screen. Yeah. Do you think that Motorola is going to a similar level effort? with? I riser? mean,
0: I, I've obviously everyone knows what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I would go with the flip. I yeah. love. Flip. I don't know why I asked. It <laughs> comes in purple. Look at it, guys! Come on, it's beautiful. Um, I... Can we just say that
2: Bora purple means purple, 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 purple. <laughs> um,
0: I I Perfect prefer name. the design of the flip. Um, I prefer the smaller cover display. But to answer your question, also, I think I trust Samsung a bit more to have nailed the software side because. It was pretty good last year from what I saw from playing the Flip 4. It's improved slightly this year. Um, also, uh, the long-term software support. I actually don't know exactly what they're promising for the Flip 4, but I think it will be the same as what they're promising for the S22s, which is four years of version updates and a fifth of security. I, I can double-check that, but I, just I think that's that a general flagship promise. Yeah, I don't know if the phone will work in four years' time, uh, <laughs> to be honest. But in theory, the software will keep going longer than the display so I trust Samsung there even though actually One UI isn't my favourite Android skin and I would say in general I prefer Motorola's software experience from that side because they do something very close to stock and I find it pretty nice and usable and I don't hate One UI but I don't love One UI but I think still overall the longer software support and just generally the design edges the flip for me. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm a Razer fanboy. Yeah, I thought you would be. <laughs> oh. um,
1: and I like—I'm quite a basic phone user, so I don't need all the fancy split-screen app nonsense. Like, I just don't use phones like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just—I like—I like them both. To be to be honest, I would happily have
0: either. Um. But yeah, I'd, oh, you I know, there's really one other, other software thing we should say on the Razer. Which is it has ready for? It's got ready for 3.5, which Lewis will
1: know more about this than us probably. Yeah, yeah. Because you've actually used this (laughs) on other Motorola phones. Yeah,
2: it's it's kind of I think it's it's kind of you know slept on a little bit. Mm. It's under the radar. Like it's a very powerful bit of tech that if you know it's very niche. Uh, not everyone's going to find a use for it. But if you do find a use for it, and you you know you've basically got like a portable computer system wherever you need it, and then once you you know you you've got your files on your phone when you need them, and you've got them in this desktop form when you need them, it's your Android apps in desktop
0: form. So to, so like, to be clear, if people who don't know, ready for is basically tech that lets you hook the phone up to an external display and then (laughs) using basically a bit like a a laptop or desktop (laughs) PC. You get kind of Windows-esque interface. It's not the best branding, is it? It's very Windows. They they need a much better name than that. Like, ready for what? It doesn't tell you (laughs) what it's ready
1: for. (laughs) Ready for 3.5, Chris. Oh, I love (laughs)
2: 3.5. I mean, Samsung's DeX isn't a much better name, but they all need to kind of just go to branding school. Yeah, Motorola's implementation
0: is like very easy to get running. I think that's the edge they have over... Dex. yeah so
2: yeah 100 you just plug it into a monitor and you can connect a bluetooth keyboard and, mouse at least and, and just, like,
0: to... has some logic to it like yes <laughs> but yeah I, I i could see that being an edge for some people in the razor because especially with that extra compactness that it has compared to other phones it really takes that to the limit yes. of a super compact little device you can carry around that you can basically use as a computer in if you have the right tech set up elsewhere um, you know, yeah. it kind of hinges on that. That's the case. But, you know, if, if you yeah. say hot desk at work and you can just kind of go into the office without your laptop and hook your phone up to the monitor at work or something and work off that. Yeah. Was, you know, I was about kind of to mad, say, like, if I, that's could, pretty
1: cool. if I could go in and edit an article like quickly somewhere, that would yeah. Yeah. be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think anyone would use that as their okay. main way of doing all their work. But for that, in a pinch, oh, I don't have my laptop with me. Like, you've got the yeah. option, right?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. So when are we going to pitch this to the bosses <laughs> and when are we all getting our <laughs> company getting our our razors. razors? This is yeah. the
0: question. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the look at the razor. I was pretty, not down on the first gen, but it didn't quite make sense in terms of the pricing, the mid-range specs, stuff like that. Yeah. It's the design 100%. they did. I love the chin for nostalgia, but I think dropping the chin, this is a less nostalgic razor than the previous one, yep. but in that it looks like a better modern foldable phone and a much clearer rival to Samsung, which much as I love my flip, I want Samsung to have proper global rivals mm. in the foldable mm. space, because that is good for everyone, and that will oh, make yeah. them better. So I'm really glad. Hope the Razer gets a big global launch. Hope that comes soon. Uh, maybe at IFA, that's only a few weeks away now. So, you know, early September IFA, yeah. could, we could be seeing Motorola announce something there. I don't know. Um, let's then turn to our last folder of the day, because we're already, already at the hour mark. Um, the Xiaomi Mix <laughs> Fold 2. Another Chinese launch, though, the big caveat here is this one probably isn't getting a global launch. I would love to be surprised it always by that. hurts me. Yeah. But, you know, the 12 S Ultra, they were very openly like, you know, this one's China only they haven't, I think, as boldly yeah. with this one said, this is definitely only for China, but the first gen fold never launched internationally. I don't really see any good reason to hope or expect that this one will. So this is probably one yeah. we just get to look at from afar and wish we could own. Um, is a big change from the first Mix Fold. Yes, it is. The first Mix Fold, I don't want to call it a flop, especially because I don't actually know how well it's sold, but from my, I saw the Mix Fold at MWC, I got to play with it for five minutes and, you know, I know the specs and everything. Weird phone, more expensive than it should have been considering (laughs) on specs and everything. It felt like it was kind of trying to undercut Samsung, but it didn't really undercut Samsung on price, at least not by enough. And when you picked it up in person, it felt cheap. It felt clunky. It felt very much like a first gen device at a time where Samsung mm-hmm. was already on its third gen and had a lot more polish. So the mix fold didn't yeah. do much for me. This is a transformation from that enough that you kind of look and say, why is bothering like launching the first one? Just wait longer and do this as your first one because it yeah. looks incredible. Um, it's beautiful. Isn't this it? is a much more attractive looking phone. It looks much more premium. The big hook yes. they've kind of got in terms of design is they're calling this the thinnest foldable yet. And this is almost true. So, <laughs> almost there, Xiaomi. Uh, but it is, when it is open, folded out, it's 5.4 millimeters thick, which is very thin. Wow. That is just yeah. thicker than the USB C port. They've really like you If you see it side on, there's a USB and there's not a lot <laughs> of leeway uh, on the side of it. No. The reason I say this is not quite true, the thinnest is because. The Huawei Mate XS2 is also 5.4 millimetres when you have it folded okay. open. Okay, but what about when they're closed? You close it, mm-hmm. the Mix Fold 2 is 11.2 millimetres thick. Again, that's impressive. That's a bit thicker than a normal phone, but it's not that much thicker than yeah. a normal phone. They've done a good job. The Mate XS2 is 11.1 <laughs> millimeters thick when folded. <laughs> this is a 0.1 of a millimeter thinner than Xiaomi's. So <laughs> Huawei still has the thinnest foldable, but there is a really big caveat here, which is the Mate XS2 is that outward folding display. There's only one screen, one yes. kind of bit of display tech, and it folds out like that. The Mix Fold 2 is the same form factor as Samsung Z Fold Series. So you've got a small kind of regular phone style external display and then the big folding internal display. So they've managed to get the same thickness as Huawei, despite actually packing two displays either side of this 5.4 millimeter thick chassis. That is remarkable. And so it may not quite technically be the thinnest foldable around. It is the thinnest dual screen foldable, if you want to sort of caveat it that way. And whatever way you want to caveat it, it's remarkable that they've done this.
2: I can't get over it. Like I keep looking at the the promo images for it. And obviously, promo images are always gonna look yeah. great.
0: But like, I'm just like, wow, like this has come
2: such a long way compared to, you know, think especially, I mean, obviously, this is when it's open, it looks its yeah. best. But even closed, like in the last few years, we've gone from something that was probably the thickness of two or three phones <laughs> back down to something that's resembling normalcy yeah. now.
0: It looks really remarkable. So yeah, closed the, it's like I said, 11.2 millimeters, bit thicker than a regular phone. Um, Outer yeah. display is pretty much full-body, full edge-to-edge. Full edge. Uh, it's a 120Hz panel, unlike the Samsung. 6.56-inch um, AMOLED, uh, and it's in a 21 by 9 aspect ratio. So again, that's basically the standard aspect ratio most Android flagships have. So it really will, yeah. from what we can tell, look and feel like a pretty regular phone when you've got it closed. Um, open it up, you've got an even more impressive display. It's an 8.02-inch panel. It's 120 hertz. Again, it's 2K plus resolution, and it's an LTPO 2.0 display. So this is the first LTPO panel we've seen in a foldable, as far as I'm aware. Um, So that will give it sort of... The main edge there is battery. LTPO is great for that dynamic refresh rate scaling, dropping it down to really low refresh rates when needed. So that should help a lot with power efficiency, which is obviously one of the concerns you get here. That's particularly important because... In making the phone so much thinner, they have dropped the battery size from last year. It, I think it's okay because they went from quite a big battery before 5,000, give or take. The, wow. Yeah. Uh, this is now a 4,500 milliampere battery, which is fine. That's pretty similar to what Samsung's gone for. It's, you know, I honestly still just impressed they fit that much battery in a body <laughs> of that size. So I'm know, yeah. still looking like, what? How? Um, but between that and the 8 Plus Gen 1 and the LTPO main screen, I think battery life should still be respectable on this um obviously yeah. we don't know i mean you'd hope so um yeah. so yeah a plus gen one top performance as you'd expect 12 gig of ram up to a terabyte storage 67 watt charging so you get actually get genuinely fast charging unlike the other on, ones we even talk about though so i don't think it has wireless charging again it's a chinese launch i've been fighting through mm-hmm. a chinese website to figure out what's what's there but i couldn't find any mention mm-hmm. of wireless charging i'm Apologies if I've gotten that wrong, but I think this is wired only. I'd be impressed a if it had wireless. To Samsung. Yeah, I'd be impressed yeah. if it had it. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. where, it, where, I don't know where the coil would be. Jesus. Yeah, it's so thin. So I, I've, I'm pretty <laughs> confident there's no wireless, but maybe they've pulled off some magic here. Um, cameras should be solid too. Um, mm. We've once again got Leica <clears throat> branding, as we saw with the Xiaomi 12S series. And... Basically, they've kind of done the same thing Samsung did with the Fold, in that Samsung lifted the cameras off the S22 flagship series. Xiaomi kind of just lifted the cameras off the Xiaomi 12, the regular Xiaomi 12. It's a very similar setup to their 50 megapixel main camera using the IMX 766, 13 meg ultra wide, and then an 8 megapixel, two times telephoto next to it. So that should be a very good camera i think again fundamentally this will be a pretty similar camera performance to what the z fold 4 offers it's a slightly different spec sheet oh, yeah. but pretty close i think they'll be in line with each other this this isn't doing the huawei thing of throwing in the absolute top tier camera it can <laughs> but it's more a kind of reasonable flagship camera in a phone that's obviously more expensive than than a non-folding one would be um Yeah. One big caveat to the Mix Fold 2 is they have taken that view of not putting any camera on the big folding display. So there's no under display Mm. camera, but there's no punch hole either. There is a selfie camera punch hole on on the outside screen. That means if you want to do video calls, you're going to have to have the phone closed fundamentally and use a small screen. You just have zero option for a big screen video call experience, which I guess in a way that's a relatively small thing, but it's the one area where I do give Samsung the edge on that under-display camera. Like it's rubbish for anything else, but it is nice to have the yeah. option to video call.
2: I mean, yeah, and that's kind of in my mind. That's one of the main things I'd use a foldable for. If I'm if I'm video calling on a foldable, I want to use the biggest yeah. screen. Like I want to have the biggest screen possible, and to have just not be able to do it at all on the <laughs> fold uh, on the foldable. Because a gives you
0: thing. the the big screen for seeing your video call big but also you can multitask while you're on the call you can you know have the call doing one thing and then you can be chatting to someone you can check your calendar as well by pulling up the calendar app on the screen and all that stuff that Mm -hmm. you know you're going to miss here because you just don't have that option so
2: I'll take the crappy 4-meg-under yeah. display camera. I mean, i just take a whole bunch of, of be,
0: nothing. Just put a whole bunch in there. but Anything. I don't I, care. I, I, I you suspect something. it's a sizing thing. I, I bet they, again, they just couldn't oh, yeah. have had it this just thin like this. with another camera in there. There
2: was just no more space <laughs> in there. You
0: must be cramped inside that phone. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically it. I think, like you said, a lot of what this is doing is, is a pretty similar spec sheet to the Fold 4, but with a design that you know i'm only going by renders what i've seen and little bits of video from the launch so i haven't seen this in person at all it certainly it is thinner and lighter than what samsung's done and it looks like it might be a more premium feeling more kind of more impressive in that way hard to say without actually side by side comparisons but it looks like from that perspective maybe xiaomi's kind of taken a little step ahead of samsung here um, on software, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, it runs 12L the same as as the Fold Four. I haven't through the Chinese stuff nice. been able to get a very clear sense of what it does, but it has the same taskbar, similar multitasking options. It's Mi UI, so I just don't think it's as polished as One UI. You know, yeah. I would take, I would give it to the Samsung on on software for sure. And, and again, update promise 100%. I'm sure will be longer on the Samsung and things like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm really pleasantly surprised by this phone. Because, like I said, I was a bit of a downer on the first mix fold. That that didn't impress yeah. me very much. And I mean, it's, yeah,
2: I'm hope- maybe hoping that that now they have got something that can compete more directly with the likes of Samsung and Oppo that they might push it out a little bit further. Maybe they just weren't confident. <laughs> like, you know, they they had one to say that they had yeah. one, but were fully expecting not to sell many units.
0: Whereas now they're like, okay, here's what we've actually been
2: working on. Um, I mean, that's my hope. I I
0: have no idea. Probably not. And this looks much more like a happy rival to the other stuff that's out there. Suddenly Oppo looked like they're lagging behind, which I know is just because it's been a while since they released the Find End, but you know, the Find End came out and it blew us all away and we said, oh my god, this is so much better than anything else. Um, And now you kind of look and say, oh, Xiaomi's kind of, I don't know, maybe taking a little step forward there.
2: Looking a little bit thinner (laughs) over there.
0: Pricing is also impressive. (laughs) We obviously only have Chinese pricing, but what I'll just say is it's cheaper than The first mix fold despite having basically improved every single thing about the phone in some pretty drastic ways they still managed to cut a thousand one off the price which is about the equivalent of cutting 150 bucks off so i mean i'll take that um it now looks again if this got a global launch and i am fairly confident it won't i think from what we're seeing on the pricing i think this would probably be similar to the z fold Four in price fair fair so how, we'll to uh, turn your question back on you, Lewis. How <laughs> does this compare to the Fold for you, having played around with the Fold? Which of these would you take?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Do you know what? I think Samsung has it, uh, but not necessarily on the design because I love the look of the Mi Mix Fold too. Like that that thin look is just oh, exquisite. Um, and I just love, yeah, like the, the LP, LTPO2 uh, yep. display and just like the hardware sounds a lot better on, on the Xiaomi uh, foldable, but it's software. Like I know after using the Find end that software is so crucial to like a foldable, a big screen foldable experience. Like, um, so I just, I have to go with Samsung because I know that they've got more compatibility and I think they've just, yeah, like you said, they have polished it yeah. more. Like they've had more experience. They've been doing this for four years and now, like they know what they've got. Well, i said say they've got a better idea of what people want from a foldable and, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, fold for
1: me.
0: Yeah,
1: sorry, sorry, Xiaomi. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Um, I would probably take the fold. Yeah, That's, oh, sorry, they're both called fold. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're both called fold, Chris. <laughs> I'll just take any fold. Um No, yeah, I think I'd probably go Samsung <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the yeah the the Xiaomi looks real nice, but I think I'd almost be worried about it being that
0: thin, maybe. Like <laughs> i know what you mean don't you know. Know. i don't trust know it. how yeah. much i trust the durability i i it certainly doesn't have the waterproof rating of uh yeah, of the, didn't even think the, about that. the galaxy fold um i think it has yeah it has gorilla glass victus but not victus plus so it's technically mildly mm. less durable from that perspective but yeah in terms of the hinge and stuff i i mean i'm, I'm hesitant on both of them but i guess i'd maybe have fractionally <laughs> yeah. more confidence in samsung's hinge than xiaomi's just kind of on on paper and just because they've had more gens of the phone to work with and that kind of thing yeah, i think exactly. it's the hinge plus the software and it's like that that combo yeah yeah
1: it swings it the though. software
0: <laughs> i think i'd need to try the mix fold yeah to to get, yeah. get a good sense of it but i know i don't really like me ui at all on normal phones, yeah. so even on a regular no, it's, slab, it's MIUI bad. kind of frustrates me it's, and I uh, always annoys me because Xiaomi has such good hardware so often and I always just get annoyed I know. by using MIUI and I don't, yeah, I don't at all trust them to handle the multitasking as well as Samsung has and, and things like that. No way. So I think I would sadly edge towards the Samsung as well, but with this kind of, you know, it'd be that kind of, you know, bittersweet moment in the movie where a single tear rolls down my cheek as I as I leave the mixed pole two on its plinth and, and walk over to the Samsung in the store. Uh, be tragic. Okay. That be. I think will wrap us up for today. Uh thank you, Chris and Lewis, for joining me to chat about all these silly little foldy boys. Um we will be back, same time, same place next week. I will not be here because I have some time off work <gasps> next week, lucky old me. But Lewis will be around, Henry will be back i uh, will maybe they can lure chris back onto the show we'll see um i think you'll there'll probably be some chat about the oneplus 10t now that we can finally get henry to to give his review after having used it for a couple of weeks at that point and yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see what else people want to announce in the meantime hopefully we don't have another yeah. similar 24 hours of three launches going on just to keep <laughs> i can't do too many more weeks I, of I this <laughs> please guys stop this <laughs> they always come at least worse. it won't be as hot yeah Exactly, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. If you're with us on YouTube, then please do like and subscribe. It really does help the channel and hit the notification bell to get all the alerts when we post new videos live. And yeah, if you want to check out Lewis and my videos on the channel, we have my video devoted to the Flip 4 in a bit more detail there and Lewis is on the Galaxy Watch 5 series. So check those out for more on those. All right. That'll do us. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Bye.